0: Our hearts are filled with gratitude. My heart is really filled with gratitude. And I'm sure your heart is filled with gratitude towards God. Um, It is said that we should count our blessings and name them one by one. And it will surprise us what the Lord has done. Indeed, God has done great things for us and we will continually show our gratitude to him. I am um, privileged to share with you this evening on the core values of CFCC, the core values of the Covenant Family Community Church. I am sure if I were to ask people randomly, what are our core values? We may have trouble here. And that is why the leadership of the church has thought it um, wise for us to talk about it so that we will all know what we as a church stand for. So that's what I'm here to share this evening. In the sheep of his pasture, when we go for camp, there's uh, an activity we call Ebusuyang Komo. Family discussion, Ebusiyan Nkomo. And the children like it very much because during that ebusian Nkomo, we sit in a circle, small circles facilitated by a teacher, and we have a topic that we will talk about. And it borders really on Christian character and practical things in the family of God. And the children like it very much because during the ebusian Nkomo, some of the things that we are doing that are not right, you hear the children say it very boldly in that safe space. And then others will comment on it, and then they will all come to a consensus on what is right for us to do in terms of Christian character in the house of God. And so I think that this evening, what we are about to do is a similar thing. It is en Nkomot. That's what we are about to do. What are the things that we, as an ebushin, or a family, uh, or we we also say, weku sanigba. Weku, when the family meets, and we tell them that when the family meets, it is those who are in the family who are there. Those who are not in the family, they leave and they go, and then the family can now have a chat. So we are going to have a chat today. We are having Wekustanikba. We are having Ebushyankomo. Shall we pray? Our Father, we are sitting at your feet again this evening. We are gathered not unto any man, but unto you, our Father, and the head of our family. As we sit to discuss the things that pertain to your family as a family of God, cause us, O God, even to reflect and to begin to understand the things you will have us do. We pray that no one will leave this place the same. That every precious moment we sit at your feet, we will never remain the same. And we will leave this place knowing that we have been at your feet. Let the words of my mouth, O oh God, and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord my redeemer i thank you in jesus name amen amen so i'll be using powerpoint slides and i will um to to guide the bush and they'll be showing it behind me and i will look at it from here so to introduce this we will start with what jesus advised us to do when we are looking at our lives, when we are assessing our lives, when we are planning our lives. And let's look at the first scripture, which is Luke chapter 14, verse 28 to 32. And the scripture says that, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, or who will see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. So this is um, bringing this introduction to let you know how the core values of CSCC came about, why we chose to bring up the core values. And then Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says that write the vision, and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. So there are values. There are many values in the word of God. But we need to make plain exactly what we as CFCC stand for. What are the values, what are the Christian values that we think defines us or that we think we would like to define us? And how do we run our lives such that we'll be able to achieve the objective that God has set for us as a body of Christ in this CFCC. So let's go to the next slide. So the CFCC core values, which I'm about to talk about today, are part of the church's strategic plan. And that plan, which was, was put together started in about 2011 to 2016. That was our very first plan as a church. And we put together this plan. And in putting together this plan, we had to think about what do we stand for as a church? What are our core values? What what defines us? When people say this person is from CSCC, what do we expect to see in the life of that person? Is it biara biara, anyhow, anyhow, just anyhow, is the person just an anyhow Christian? Or the person must have certain key values in their lives that when people see the person, they know that this person is from CFCC. What are those? So we had to think through as a body to come up with that. So as part of this strategic plan, we came up with the vision of the church we came up with the mission of the church and the core values. The vision was there already, but we had to review it and make it clearer. That's why the scripture says, write it and make it plain, so that those who read it will run in the direction in which they should run. And so we reviewed it. The mission of the church was also reviewed. And then we also came up with what defines us as a body. So if we go to the vision of the church, this has been said over and over and over again. And from today, as people say, from today to go, there should be nobody in this church who does not know this vision of our church. Because that's where we are all heading. That's what we are working towards. That's what everything we are doing is heading to. And if we do not know it, then we are running aimlessly. And we will end up anywhere. But we are heading to a particular place. And this is the vision of the church. And I would like us to say it together. Once we say it and it enters our mouth, I think it will not leave it again. So shall we say it together? knowing Jesus, sharing Jesus and preparing to be with Jesus. This is the vision of CFC. Can we say it again? Knowing Jesus, sharing Jesus and preparing to be with Jesus. So this is our vision as a church and we must know it, we must imbibe it, we must walk with it. Let's go to the mission of the church. So our mission as a church is to win people to Jesus Christ, equip believers to become disciples and send disciples out to impact the world. So we will win people to Christ. When we have won them to Christ, we will teach them in the faith builders. We will teach them in this teaching service. We will teach them in the school of ministry. We will teach them and let them become disciples that god can use and when we have done that we send the disciples out to also impact the world and make people's life impact people's life so they will also come and know jesus christ are we okay so far so knowing jesus sharing jesus preparing to be with jesus And in sharing Jesus, we win people for Christ. In our preparation, we equip the believers to become disciples, and then we send them out to impact the world. And at the final analysis, when we are all done and we meet before the master, we would have done our job, and you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So this is the mission of CFCC. We talked about the vision of the church. So now when we talk about our core values, what we hold true, before we go to the core values, there are goals we are working with. And that one, I'll just run through it. The strategic goals that we have been working with is reverence and worship, ensuring spiritual worship, Carrying out evangelism and outreach, ensuring that we keep the things that God has given us properly, including our lives. Our lives are God's resources. Our lives, our money, our time, our equipment, everything that God has given to us developing adequate infrastructure to help people and facilitate their worship of god and then bringing up leaders who lead the church as we go on so these are the strategic goals but that's not what we are focusing on today today we are focusing on our core values and there are seven core values which i want you to note down not forget because at the end I am going to just randomly ask people to name, to tell me the core values. At the end, randomly, I will just point and I say, tell me one of the core values. And we have seven. The first one is integrity. The second one is faithfulness. The third one is humility. The fourth one is compassion. This is a very important ingredient, and we will go into each of them one by one. The fifth one is purity. The sixth one is love. And the seventh is excellence in all that we do. So these are the seven core values. I'll go over them again so that those of you who are writing will write it down. Because if you write it down, then it becomes plain to you. Then you can run. And then when you write it down, when I say, mention one core value, you won't even look into the book. It would have, uh, You would have internalized it. So you just say it off the top of your head. And you won't be saying, oh, he has said my own. She has said my own. We won't be listening to that one. You Because if they are seven and they haven't been said, and somebody has said, that is not your own, Say the others because all the values belong to us. Amen. So integrity, faithfulness, humility, compassion, purity, love, and excellence. And don't take only one of these as your own, that somebody will say before you. All seven are your own, and all seven are my own. These are our core values as a church. So we go on. So you see that, go back and let me show you. In the picture behind it, you see people's hands that are joined together. Do you see the hands that are joined together? It means that all of us hold on to this. This is something that we all hold on to. This is something that we all believe should define us. This is something that we are all standing by. That's why there are so many hands, different colors of hands, they are joined together, and they are joining together to say we hold on to this together. Amen. So let's go on to what we mean by core values. So when we talk about core values, we are talking about principles. We are talking about standards. We are talking about things we believe in. That will help us to support the vision. And that will reflect what we as a church value. So that's what we mean by core value. So it shows us what we share together like I showed in the picture. What we believe. What we hold true. And what will guide our behavior. There are things that we know that this is good for us to do. This is not allowed at all. As my people say, I work in Ho, in the Volta region. And one of the statements that I've learned very well is, Menyo, 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 menyo. It means it's not good at all. So we will be able to tell the things that menyo, 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 We'll be able to tell those things that are not right for us and fatay and fatay as cfcc we'll be talking about it so the set of values that we have some of them may really define us as we speak now as a church but there are some that we are not really seeing in ourselves as a but it is something we would like to see so we want to let each of us know that this is what we would like to see so those are our preferred values we would prefer to see them happening and there are some that are true as we speak now, we all know that, oh, as for this, fine, but as for this, so as we talk about the core values, the one that is not going too well, we need to look at it and see how each one of us can contribute to the whole body being defined by these core values, because because we are a body and we are members in particular. If he he if you hold these covalents and I do not and we are a body, a little leaven, leaven can leaven the whole lamp. <laughs> a little leaven, a little yeast can make the whole thing look like look like it's fermented. When it's a few of us, so it means that all of us must have these core values, then it will define us as, as a body. And so that is what we are looking at now. So we are having a Nkomo. Let's go to the next slide. No, go to the next. Go to the next. Aha. So we begin with the first one integrity. Integrity. And when we say integrity, what does it mean? It's a quality of being honest, being dependable, being reliable, being truthful. being truthful. And we'll read some examples, some scripture that will support this. And I'll, can I have a microphone so that somebody will read some of the scriptures? So let's look at First Samuel chapter 12, verse 2 to 5. Um, where are the microphones there's there's one here please so first
1: okay and now here is the king walking before you and I am old and gray-headed and look my sons are with you I have walked before you from my childhood to this day. This is Samuel talking. Samuel the prophet. Here I am, witness against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Or whose donkey have I taken? Or whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? Or from whose hand have I received any bribe with which to blind my eyes? I will restore it to you. And they said, You have not cheated us or oppressed us, nor have you taken anything from any man's hand. Then he said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed is witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. And they answered, He is witness. Amen. Amen. This was
0: Samuel at the end of his days, opening himself up for the people that he had judged for many years to say that if there's anything that I have done wrong among any of you, tell me today. I'm open. But we know what his sons were doing. If he had said, if there's anything my sons have gone wrong, that one, they would get a long, a long list because their sons were as diabolical as they come. But he himself, he, he opened himself and someone was able to say, search me, look at my life. Is there anything that shows that I haven't been a person of integrity? So Samuel was able to stand and clearly talk about integrity because he had worked in this particular core value we are talking about, which is integrity. So he could boldly ask people to search him and to examine him. And if there's anything to talk about it with him. And then let's look at Apostle Paul. Let's look at Galatians 2, verse 11. And we are looking at another side. Something that sometimes some of us do. This is the New Testament. And this is Paul and Peter. And remember that Peter was ahead of Paul in the faith. But Peter was doing something that Paul didn't think was right. And Paul thought it was right to alert Peter that. Mm,
1: Let's, let's read it. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. To
0: his face, oh, not to his back. To his face. On any kind, mouth to mouth, Peter, I dare fine. He didn't go and say it behind Peter's back. He said it to
1: Peter. So, that's a critical thing. Mm -hmm. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrites with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away (laughs) with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward straightforward about the truth of the gospel... I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? So Peter was eating with the Gentiles happily. Everything was going on
0: nicely. Before, then as soon as her brethren arrived from James, then Peter had done it in to He had moved away from the people. He doesn't want to have anything with them. And Paul said, Oh, Peter, let's be straightforward here. Let your yes be yes, and let your no be no. And so this is an example of Peter. In Acts chapter 20, verse 33 to 34, you see that Paul also does a similar thing to what um, um, Samuel did. Can we read that one?
1: I have converted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Mm -hmm. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with, who were with me. me. So Paul was
0: saying that I could have been um, riding on you, I could have been asking you for things, but I haven't done that. I haven't converted anything of you. I have worked with my hands to provide for myself. So what does that, this mean when we talk about integrity in practical terms? It means that we must be consistent in character if you look at what peter did and you are with the gentiles everything is okay as soon as some people arrive from jerusalem what's the sound to them we must be consistent in character we must stand for what is right and stand for it consistently and that is what we are seeking as a body to 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 have as a core value and our word must be our bond we will not say one thing and do another just anyhow. One of the things Christians do today that we must all pay attention to and try to do something about is your, you have an agreement with your sister or your brother. We will meet at 7 o'clock at so-so and so place. It is 7 o'clock. You are standing at that agreed place. The sister has not arrived. Um, hey. ah, I'm waiting at that place we agreed on. I thought we agreed to meet at so and so to pray or to do so-so-and-so. Ah, hmm. I can't come home. I, I'm, I, my auntie just um, had an emergency this evening, so I'm even on my way. To uh, Nua. emergencies come yes but as the emergency has come you would have been on your way 645 so 645 if the emergency has come call your dear brother and say that i have an emergency at this time and therefore I will not make the 7 o'clock I'm even on my way to Nuwa. then your dear brother will also find a useful thing to do with his time and not go all the way and go and stand where you all agree to stand and then you wait for that dear brother to call and when he has called that's when your excuses have lined up that you are going to give and, oh I can't come I'm even at tema, as we speak so this is one of the things. Our word must be our bond. And if for some reason we cannot keep it, let's quickly get to our brother or our sister and let them know that for this reason, I cannot keep this word that I give. And then that sister or brother would be our And then you will reschedule and agree on what to do. Amen. This is Christian character. This is Christian character. And then we can always be trusted to do what is right in the sight of God consistently. Not today we do, tomorrow we won't do. This is right in the sight of God. But because it's this person, um, you let's just overlook it. No, consistently let's keep to what is right before God. And people can trust us to keep confidence if we say we will. That's a major thing that creates problems in the body of Christ. I have told you something in confidence. You have agreed that, oh, yes, okay, I'll keep the confidence. Let's pray about it. Before long, you are praying about it in CNN and Al Jazeera. And you know that CNN and Al Jazeera, they broadcast every hour. The same news, they'll say it every hour if you listen to CNN. Every hour they are broadcasting the same news. So before I can realize, I'm hearing it in CNN. I'm hearing it in Al Jazeera. And it can cause a lot of pain in the body of Christ. And so integrity means that what we say we will do, we will do. What we say we will keep, we will keep. So that's one of the things. The next one is, we will speak the truth in love. Even if it may make us um, not accepted and people will not be happy with us. Sometimes when we say what I like, Paul was telling Peter, I don't think Peter was happy with Paul. I do not think Peter will be happy with Paul at all. But Paul had to say it. And so saying what is right in love Is the caveat. Even if people will not be happy with us, and we will always stand on the side of God's word. And if we stand on that side, we will not go wrong. And stand there consistently. People will know we are consistent. And we are consistently on the right side. So, this is what these are practical examples of when we say integrity. This is what we are talking about. There are many examples as to how we behave in the workplace that I haven't written here. And my, one of my favorite um, examples is signing of attendance sheet. It is a mark of a Christian's integrity. Everybody has lined up, and they have all agreed to lie on the paper. If you come at 7, you write 6. 15. Then the next person will write 6.30. Then the next person will say they came at 6.40. Then the next person will say, even though they are standing there at 8 o'clock, they write 6.40 and sign yours sincerely. And then you two, you come in, you have come at um, um, 8:15, And you are also following the same pattern and writing 6.50. That is a lie. That is a lie. A coordinated, corporate lie. And a Christian must not be found in the middle of it. And it doesn't show integrity. So, let everybody be aware that as for you, when you arrive, time that's where you write. And they will have to write after you. They have to add the 555 after yours. And if people know that, even they, if they see you coming through the gate, they will run before you to quickly go a mask. Let them know you for that. That is integrity. That is integrity. So ethics, honesty, all these things are marks of integrity. And we as CFC, we want this to define us. We don't want to be in a workplace and we know that this person is from CFCC. Now, attendance sheet lies. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's move on to the next slide. So, we are going to number two. And number two is faithfulness. Number two is faithfulness. And it is the act of remaining steadfast and committed to God. And his teaching. so whatever God has said, that's what I'm keeping by. It's a demonstration of loyalty and trust in God. And when we do this, it translates into steadfast affection and allegiance to the brethren as well. And so faithfulness is a very important thing. Let's look at Luke chapter 16 verse 10.
1: I'm going read it for hmm. Luke 16:10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Hmm.
0: So, in the kingdom of God, there's nothing like with this one: there is small. is a, 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 a small lie, it's a small not being faithful. He says that whoever is unfaithful in little things. And there's another scripture, I think, is this one that says that. Look, read the verse 12.
1: And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own?
0: Who? Who will give you? Is it God? God is asking that who. So if God is asking that who. <laughs> If God who should be giving you is asking you that who, who, who will give you. It means that we are not going to get anything from God. So faithfulness is a very important thing. And we have in
1: Matthew twenty five, twenty one, read that one too. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So when we stand before God, you see that being faithful
0: is one of the criteria that will be used to make us, give us entrance into the kingdom of God. And you will see it everywhere where they are talking about God meeting his people and then making a decision on where they should spend eternity. You see the word faithfulness appear and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. enter. So the entrance uh, ticket, one of it is faithfulness. And we must be very particular about this. And if you look at examples, Paul, when he was talking about his godly assignment, actually talks about being faithful to the assignment that God has given him. And we see that in 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I have done what God asked me to do. What God called me to do, I have done it. This is faithfulness towards God. Faithfulness towards God. And then we look at um, between brother and brother and we see the example of Jonathan and David. This is an example of so many of the core values. In fact, two of the core values that we have. Can we go back to Jonathan and Han? And Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his soul. And you remember the, how Jonathan and David, how they related to each other. Jonathan was loyal and faithful to David, even to the detriment of him ascending the throne. He was that willing to be faithful because he had made a covenant. And so faithfulness is a major thing. So for us, what does this mean in practical terms? It means that whatever God has put in my hand and in your hand to do, I must be faithful and I must finish it, as Paul said. I must not leave it halfway just because somebody has annoyed me. Or just because somebody has irritated me in the body of Christ. I must not abandon post and walk away. I must be faithful because it is God who has called me to that thing. And I must finish it as Paul had finished his own. And we must be faithful in that which is another man. If I'm looking after somebody's job, if I'm working in an office, if I'm working in a government institution... Yes, this is Amlalo, Abayin. Abayin, who is Abayin? Who, 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 who is Amlalo? Who is Amlalo? Who is Abayin? For the Christian, really, Abayin, Amlalo is equivalent to we are working towards God. And so how do I do my work? How do I um, do things faithfully in that place? We must also be faithful to the brethren. There's this scripture that we must pay attention to. There are some of us that would rather I'm being plain here would rather do good to somebody outside the body of Christ than do it to somebody in the body of Christ. Are we aware of that? Are we aware of that? There are quite a number of us that would be happy to give something to somebody outside the body of Christ but may hesitate to do that. Let's read this scripture and see. It's a very important scripture, and I want us to take note of it because God has said it in his word so that it doesn't become a stumbling block for some of us at some point.
1: Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith.
0: Especially, especially to those who are of the household of faith yes let's do good to all but god is saying especially the people who are in the body do good to them do good to them so we must be faithful to the brethren we must be faithful also to the body of christ there are some of us who are always found in the company of those who are criticizing the pastors in the land of ghana so when people gather to talk about why uh, uh, the churches, the the, the charismatic churches, uh, the, the pastors, so, so, and so. We are right in the middle of it and in the conversation. Are we part of the body or are we not? Are we gathering or we are scattering? What exactly are we doing? Unbelievers have gathered. They are criticizing the body of Christ. I am a member of that body of Christ. And then right from within... I am joining the chorus of just dragging the name into disrepute. It must not be mentioned among us as believers. So when we see that people, yes, I'm not saying all pastors, all leaders of churches are perfect. There are things that are going on that are not quite right. But it is not in our place. To join the people outside of the faith to stand and to criticize the body of Christ. That is the body of Christ. So that brings us to the next one. And you see, no, no, we are still in the same. I'm talking about the next point. This is what David heard. And he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is dragging God's name into this tribute? He said, Who? Is this uncircumcised that he should defy the armies of the living God? That's what David said. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? That he should defy the armies of the living God. So the body of Christ are the armies of the living God. And if an uncircumcised Philistine has risen up and is standing on a table or whatever and criticizing the armies of the living god then we are soldiers of that army we too, we are in it and we are joining the criticism no 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 so we are talking about faithfulness to the body and the final point is true and is important so we are not saying there are no issues in the body of christ if there are issues in the body of christ we will each seek to contribute to correcting what is not right rather than criticize and do nothing do nothing about it watch it and then criticize it that's so we are talking about faithfulness which is the second um, core value we as a church hold let's go to the third one the third one is humility and as we are going, you are remembering the 7 the, the seven O We have done two. This is the third one. And humility is the quality of having a modest or low view of one's importance. So we talk about Christ our Lord. We talk about Epaphras, who Paul said he was one of the people who was always Laboring for the people he was a servant so what does this mean for me in practical terms let's go let's keep to the um, let's keep to the the list let's keep mm-hmm. when i want you to go to the scripture i'll say it. so we must recognize as believers that we are nothing without christ that is something we must recognize and for what do we have that we didn't receive All that I am, all that I have, I receive from God. Same with you. What we have that we didn't receive. Where is our standing today that it is not God who took us there? That is an important thing. We will not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. So these are, in practical terms, this is what we as a body will be doing. We will recognize that we are servants of the Lord. And servants do what they do at the pleasure of their master, not at their own pleasure. And we must be willing to serve the least to the greatest. And it is my willingness, your willingness to serve the least, in that is true humility brought up. Because if I'm serving the greatest and serving faithfully, that is not a mark of true. It may not bring out the humility. But if I'm willing to serve the least, then it is a mark of true humility, and we must be willing to lay down our lives and sacrifice it for the brethren. Let's go to the next one quickly. Number four. Number four is compassion. And compassion is a sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings and misfortunes of others. And we know the story of the Good Samaritan. Different people passed by will not mind the man. They thought he was an armed robber, some different event things. But this Samaritan, the Bible says when he got there, he looked at him and he had compassion on him. He had compassion on him, picked him up and took him to the inn and did all of that. If you look at Mark chapter 8, verse 2, again, it says that Jesus looked at the multitudes that were following them, him, and he realized they were hungry. He said, they have continued with me three days now and have nothing to eat. And he had compassion on them. So Jesus also had compassion, and we have looked at the good Samaritan. So what does this mean for us? It means, in practical terms, we, in the body of Christ, we must be intentional about looking around, looking around for those who have need and meeting that need. It's not always that the people will come and say that I have this need. They won't. They won't, they won't say it. They won't say it because they want to keep their dignity. But God has placed in our eyes the ability to see if we want to see those who have need and we can meet that need. And whatever he has given us, he has given it to us so that we can also bless others in their body. And compassion is what will drive us to win souls because we can see that if we don't snatch them, they are going to die. They are going to perish in their sin, and therefore we must have that compassion and grab them. Then the final thing is that we must have compassion on those who sin amongst us. Because people will fall into sin, yes, but it is compassion that we, with which we must handle them. Whilst rebuking them, it doesn't mean that if you sin, you won't be rebuked. That one to must go out of people's heads. Where when we do wrong things, we don't want to rebuke. We don't want anybody to rebuke. We want we want the people to say, not a poor, not a poor, and be patting us on their back. Um, naughty boy naughty boy no we must be rebuked and we must be willing to receive the rebuke but it must be done in love and we correct them in love and if you look at jesus reaction to the woman who was caught in adultery he looked at the woman he realized that this woman had been caught alone there were two people in the adultery they had caught the woman and brother she has been found in adultery where the man was I cannot tell, but the woman had been brought, and they were ready to stone this woman. So he just looked away. He said, any of you who hasn't done that, cast the first stone. And when everybody had left, he said, where are those who were accused? He said, they are not here anymore. He said, I do not also condemn you, but go and sin no more. He didn't say go and continue, um, continue with the sin. Go and sin no more. And so we must correct, we must rebuke, but it must be done in love. And people who are in the body and need to be corrected must be ready to accept their correction and their rebuke. Let's go on to five. So the next one, sorry, the definition is wrong. The next one is purity, and that is freedom from adulteration and contamination. And when Jesus, when Jesus was about to be born, God looked around the earth. And he was looking for a virgin. A virgin through whom to send his son into this world. And he found a virgin, a pure lady that was called Mary. Today, if God were to look around in CFCC, would he find somebody like that? We, we must bear that in mind. So God is always looking for vessels to use like he got Mary to use. And purity is one of the things that marked Mary. And Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way, but was without sin. So it's not as if Jesus was okay, okay. He was tempted in every way, but without sin. What does this mean for us in practical terms? We believe in this church that without holiness, no one shall see the Lord. And we believe that holiness... For the Christian, it's not an option. It's not something we may do or we may not do. It is a command. So walking in purity, walking in holiness, we believe is key for people in CFCC. And we believe that everybody who has a hope of seeing God continues to purify himself. And we continue to walk in that purity. We believe that we should not delude ourselves. That because God does not come and strike us down when we sin, we can walk around, mess up the, the temple of God, which is our body, and come and mess ourselves up in the church, come and do whatever we are doing, and walk away with freedom. God may be looking at it long-suffering. He may not do the thing he was doing in the past, where the earth will just open and people will go in and it will cover. But let's remember that he's a God who changes not. And therefore, his, his, his feeling towards sin is the same. And so we are talking about purity. And we have also known that he hates impurity and is coming for a church without spots and blemish. So this is purity. Let's go on to the sixth one, which is love. Now, the definition of love, I cannot say in one sentence. It is spelled out in a chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8 and verse 13. And they are biblical examples of the love between David and Jonathan. And then, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, can we look at that one, as to how we ought to love? Let's look at that one. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So this is what is being talked about in terms of love among us. Let's go back. So what does this mean in practical terms? It means that we ought to love the Lord with all our hearts because we don't really deserve the love he gave us. We are not worthy. There's, there's a part of this song that i really like i like the whole song but the one that touches me when i hear that song is i'm convinced it's not because i'm, I'm worthy to receive the kind of life that you gave but i'm grateful for your mercy i'm convinced it's not because i'm worthy to receive that love but you gave it anyway And so we ought to love God back because we are not worthy. We also should create opportunities to demonstrate the love of God and to do good to other people. And we, like the scripture said, must be willing to lay down our lives for their brethren as Christ laid down his life for us. And if we really demonstrate love, Sometimes without words, that love will win people to Christ. People will see that love and they will be drawn to Christ. And I have talked again about this, especially the household of faith. Let's not forget that. Let's go to the seventh one, excellence. The seventh one is excellence. And excellence is the quality of being outside. And extremely good, doing things to the top level. And this is something that we are often caught not doing so well because things that we will not do in our offices, we are happy to do it for God or to treat God's things that way. David gave an offering to God. He was needed something. Somebody owned it. And the person said, oh, if you are giving it to God, I'll give it to you for free. He said, I will not give something to God that will not cost me. I won't. So I will pay you for it, and I'll give it to God. And then Cain, let's read Cain's uh, and Abel's offering. It says that Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. No, no, no. You have to go to the scripture before. The one before the four. Go to one before. Verse 3. Go to verse 3 and let me see. Uh Aha! In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Just an offering. But when you look at Abel, he brought the firstlings. He brought the best he could give. And therefore, God respected Abel's offering. And this is one of the things that we need to look at. Let's go back to our list. This is one of the things we need to look at in terms of what we give to God. Let's go back. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what does this mean for us in practical terms? In all we do, and I believe this totally, I believe this with all my heart. I believe this completely in all that we do, especially for God. Excellence must be the mark, not mediocrity. Mediocrity is biara, 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 biara. I believe this thing completely, especially for God. Excellence must be the mark, not mediocrity. And then there are certain levels of mediocrity that we will never offer at our workplaces. But we believe that in the house of God, it is okay to offer that kind of mediocrity. It is wrong. It is wrong. Menyo, menyo. This is one of the menu. menyo, menyo. This is one of the menyo. If we believe that we can do anything in the house of God because it's for the church or it's for people in the church. But it's something we wouldn't do in our workplace. We are happy to do it. And this was what Cain did. And this attracted God's wrath. This was exactly what Cain was doing. We must not do just anything because we are looking at the church and we are looking at man. We are doing everything to God. It is God who judges. So fully dependent on the Holy Spirit, we as a body seek to grow in competency and to serve God in the best way possible. Whatever we do for God, let's aim for excellence. And if we do that, I promise you, God, when he's doing something for you, will aim for excellence. And will also do it in grand style. Just because you also do not give any biarabiara to me, he will not give biarabiara to you. He will give you excellence. And this is one of the, the, the seventh marks or the, the seventh um, uh, core values that we as a church hold. Let's go to the last slide. So, in summary, as a church, our vision is knowing Jesus, sharing Jesus, and preparing to be with Jesus and whilst we are here on earth we will be seeking to draw men to Christ but our character is very important our christian character which is uh, which which is shown by these core values whilst we prepare to be with jesus we are here on this earth and our character what we show as our character as a body and as church as a church is very critical in drawing men or pushing them away from the body of Christ. So I go over the the core values again, which are integrity, which are faithfulness, which is humility, compassion, purity, love, and excellence. May the Lord help us all as we show forth this, this character which will give people the insight that this is a God that we ought to serve. So now... Um, can you take this off I'm going to cut two people randomly take this off (laughs) comfort compassion Um, secretary faithfulness love excellence integrity compassion I think it's been said. Humility. Have we said all seven? Ah, okay. (laughs) purity. So, God bless you all. Let's just rise and just have a short time. Head of thy church, triumphant,
2: we joyfully adore Thee. Till Thou appear, Thy members here shall sing like those in glory. We lift our hearts above. of our salvation, head of thy church.